Hello, I am Emerson. I'm Jenna. And I'm Blake. Welcome to Table Talk, where everything is out on the table. Here we talk about all things politics, economics, and social justice. Today we will be getting into the social justice behind mental health and disability issues. We will discuss some of the background information behind these two topics and then go more in depth into the social justice behind them. Before we get talking about the social stigma surrounding those with mental illness and those with disabilities, we kind of have to talk about the background first. We're going to start off in the 1840s, which was the era of asylums, and I'm sure many of you guys have heard or know something about asylums. They've been in lots of movies, and at this point in time, doctors recommended it to the families, and they would send their loved ones to the asylums where they were treated as prisoners instead of as patients. They were kept in adult cribs. Um, and locked in the rooms for hours in the dark, and they were, and at this, they thought that it was a good idea to imprison their family members for being different instead of getting them the help that they deserve. And this even still continues today. There are still asylums around the country, and people still think it's a good idea to imprison family members because they are different. Then things got worse later in 1907. This was with the start of the eugenics movement, which was sterilization of quote-unquote, those who were confirmed idiots, imbeciles, rapists, feeble-minded, insane, depressed, mentally handicapped, epileptics, alcoholics, criminals, drug addicts, and other. And those people were sterilized as a way to purify the population, which pretty much they wanted everybody to be the same. And police were able to arrest someone if they looked like they were, quote, mentally retarded. And those people were usually sterilized as well. And then later in the 1900s, the Civil Rights Bill bypassed those with disabilities, and this um, caused outrage. I mean, the Civil Rights Bill was a great thing, but it did bypass those with disabilities. And then later, there were the release of mental health movies, and it made those with disabilities or mental illness seem like they were dangerous or crazy. And this still continues today, where people think that those with mental health or disabilities are dangerous or associate them with violence. And an example of this is one flew over the cuckoo's nests. However, in history, um, things weren't always so bad. There were protests that led to the ch- change in society, such as the 1978 bus protest. And this protested the accessibility of buses, where 19 people in Atlanta blocked buses with their wheelchairs. And this led to the creation of the ADAPT, which is the American Disabled for Attendant Programs today. And this program created a campaign for bus accessibility in 1983. Some notable people in throughout the history of mental health and disabilities includes Dorothea Dix, who was an advocate for the mentally ill in the 1800s. She helped with um, getting the patients the care that they needed and that they deserved, and she was an advocate for their rights in society. And then the second notable person that we wanted to include was Stephen Hawking. He was an English theoretical physicist, and he didn't, he wasn't like Dorothea Dix, who was an advocate for those with mental illness, but he did prove that those with a disability are just like everybody else, and that they have the brains to do the great, great things, and that they have just as much to give and offer to the rest of the world as every other normal person. We had an interview with Jackie Werner, who is a youth health intervention specialist, and she works with um, the youth that struggles with mental illness. And when she was young, 
She was told that she was really good at listening and this letter to her profession. So I could speak probably with the youth that I work with. Um, I feel like people don't, if somebody has a down day or they're going through something really hard, a lot of youth kind of can make fun of that, treat them poorly. Um, kids tell me how mean people are. And so even though sometimes with mental health, you can't help what happened to you. You know, it's not necessarily your fault and they're still um, not being treated as fairly. And so I feel like with our youth, if we could just realize you don't have control over anyone else and just manage your own self and then not to be hurtful or rude to others, I think that would be helpful in our schools. If we could change kind of that, um, I mean, kids are so mean. Change mean behavior. Our world would be just a way better place, and our school systems would be a way better place to go. Mm -hmm. They're treated as if um, there's something wrong with them, not maybe given the help that they need. And so I, I think schools are set up for kind of a certain group, and anyone outside of that, especially with uh, depression, anxiety, some of those things, it's not an easy fit for them. It's real stressful, and, and they aren't always given the help that they need. Media, people are quick to make judgment statements. Uh, hear people on a regular basis that someone's told them they should die, they should kill themselves, they should end their lives based on kind of something that they're going through with mental health. So I would say openness, we're way more open and uh, willing to talk about mental health issues, but social media, people do things behind each other's backs and then are so hurtful and mean still with things people are going through. And kind of with that, like, how do you think we could help social justice, like, in this area? Like, what, what are some things we could do or you want to do? Um, I feel like we've got empathy has to be learned from people. Empathy has to be thought through in all situations. Every one of us might like something different or be different in certain areas, but we, we're too judgmental when we don't fit in a certain box or setting. And so I feel like we've got to start there and, and teach all people to have empathy in situations. And then to uh, take that the next step further and continue to be open about mental health concerns. We talk about diabetes, we'll talk about allergies, you know, people have the influenza, they'll come and share that, but people tend to hide if they're feeling depressed or anxious. And so we, if we show empathy, then people can be more open, I think, with what they're going through. Do you think that just people's knowledge of mental health in general is a problem? Like, if we thought that they had mental illness, then they probably wouldn't get the job. Like. Yeah, I worry a little bit about that. I mean, we are not all very educated in yeah. what happens with mental health. And I feel like it's the fear of the unknown. And so if you had two equal people showing up for a job and then one shared that they go through anxiety or depression, then I would say they probably would pick the other person. But I can't guarantee that. I mean, they, yeah. they, people don't bring it up a lot of times. Mm -hmm. and. Uh, interviews or any I don't believe they can ask about it and so it, they should be treated equally and then there's protections once someone is employed 
for things that they're going through. You know, if somebody had to be off for six weeks for surgery, they would have that kind of protection, and then the same would go if they share that they have depression and needed to be in a hospital, there would be protection for their job. So, that, that's so do you safe. think people having education on mental health would help social justice? Yes. So if everyone knew about it, and like you put it on your resume, or you Ooh. like made that, like if you had diabetes, you'd put that, you'd write that. Yeah, I feel like if we were educated and people were more open about it, showed empathy, then that would work well. Um, and they don't currently ask about medical conditions and, or mental health conditions, so I'm guessing they can, wouldn't continue to do that. But if they if they did, and our world just said, no, it's it's about the quality of the person and what they can show in their interview, what a great place to be. Because huh? yeah. the, the fact is, everyone will struggle with mental health things in their lifetime. So we're all going to go through times of depression or anxiety. The difference is when it becomes an issue is if it affects daily functioning. So people can go through it for a short period of time and they still do their daily functions, then they don't, they don't have what's considered mental illness it would be if that was affected. So we all, it would be great if we all talked about it more and were more open and understanding. before and now do you have anything else that you'd like to anything you think we should know <laughs> I don't think so I guess I'm glad to hear you guys are doing this topic yeah and it'll be great to have other people hear about it and know about it too um, I think our our world unfortunately with school shootings or with different shootings has tied mental health to some of that issue and that's what's scary for people so a lot of times People hear, oh, they've got this anxiety, depression, whatever. Are they going to be a, a shooter? Now we're going to play the interview that we had with Rachel Baker. She is a development coordinator at the Arc of Midland, and she is also a licensed social worker. And the Arc of Midland is a nonprofit organization that helps people with intellectual and developmental disabilities. And she said that her job is kind of to help them um, with everything in between birth and death. Um, and she had some really good insight on what social justice means to her and how that affects her everyday life, and as well as the people that she works with. So what are some of the positives and negatives about your job? Um, well, I think probably I'll start with the negatives, the fact that um, I actually have a job doing what I'm doing. Um, as much as I love my job, I wish that I didn't have to do what I do because we are still having to fight for the rights of people with disabilities um, and it's basic human right. Um, so just that in general you kind of think I, I wish I didn't have to do that. Yeah. Um, but some parts that I love about my job um, I love being sort of that bridge for the people we serve to kind of make the connections um, like in the community. So what does social justice mean to you? That's a loaded question. <laughs> social justice. Um, I would say that social justice means kind of upholding um, the ethics um, 
and values that really, um, as a social worker, we have a code of ethics. Um, don't ask me to name all of them because I can't right now, but social justice is one of them. And I think, just like how I was saying, basic human rights, that's, that's sort of common sense to me, and the fact that you know we're still having to fight for that today is just a little bit irking, but small things, okay. not really small. Um, it is actually legal to pay somebody with a disability below minimum wage. It's called a deviated wage. Um, and I'm not quite sure why that is, um, but you kind of back, actually back in the 60s um, and you know beyond probably before then, there were um, sheltered workshops where they would be given um, just kind of small work that really, I mean, if you, I don't even know for an example of like putting something together or taking like screws out of something, mm -hmm. um, and then they were paid like a dollar, or sometimes they're paid like per piece that they are, they complete. Um, that is still legal today. So we're still kind of facing the same issues that we were actually facing, you know, in the 50s, 60s, 70s, um, still in 2019. Um, I think that the, so Social Security, um, I don't know if you guys know anything about that, but um, there is a certain amount of hours, I think it's like 25 hours that a person can work um, before their SSI or SSDI gets um, basically lowered or impacted, you could say. Um, and so if you think about the value of life that we have and sort of kind of that sense of belonging and you, do you guys have jobs? No. Well, it, I mean, just think about like in the workplace, you know, you have a camaraderie of your friends. Um, you might hang out after work and sort of something like that. So you're, you're impacting a person with a disability's right to work by only allowing them to work 25 hours before then there's like Medicaid, SSI, all of that gets impacted. And also you think about 25 hours of work at a minimum wage job that's not a living wage. You cannot survive off of that. Shoot, you can't even survive working like 60 hours at a minimum wage job and having to pay rent and bills and groceries. So. You know, it kind of, it's almost like this system that is, it's just a really messed up system. <laughs> like, do people treat people with disabilities differently? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And then just maybe how? Yeah. Do you have Well, I specific? think it's, I think it's sort of, you know, people, people have this, this fear that they might say something wrong, they might do something yeah. wrong. Maybe they'll think the person might do something and act act out, and you know it might scare them, or yeah. they they might not know how to interact, and and the the best thing to do is just just interact. Don't don't act like a person is not there just because yeah. you're scared of talking to them, because you're mm -hmm. scared of interacting with them. Um, no. Um, 
So I think that, you know, oftentimes when we are talking about a person with a disability, um, I actually just saw in the newspaper it was talking about disabled persons. The, that was the title of it. Like, that's a title that we would see in 1960. Yeah. That is not a title that we would see in 2019. And it just was unacceptable. So I just recently found out, which is absolutely ridiculous, but that there are still institutions across the nation. Like, Michigan doesn't have any institutions, but like other states still have institutions. Families still think it's a good idea to send their family members to an institution. I don't know if you've ever done any research on what happens in an institution, mm -hmm. but it's horrific, yeah. absolutely horrific. And that still happens today. And I, I was totally blown away when I found that out. Um, so like, that's another thing that we're still fighting for. We're still fighting to close institutions. And I, I don't, I was completely appalled when I found that out. Uh, like 25 um, hours a week, but mm -hmm. do you feel that people with disabilities or mental health um, have a much harder time even getting a job? Absolutely, yeah. 100%. Yep, yep, 100%. Um, I, I think that Midland is a great area, great community for, you know, we're, we're sort of ahead of the game. Um, we've been told by our national office that we are ahead of the game. Like, what kind of compliment is that? That's amazing. Mm -hmm. And, um, but it's, I mean, it still happens here in Midland that people with disabilities don't get hired. Um, why, I don't know. I think that every person has something to offer and something to give. Um, and we all have to have that sense of belonging. And, you know, obviously when you graduate, you sort of come into your young adulthood. You're looking for a job, you're looking for a career, and then that's kind of the pathway that we usually take. So why, why wouldn't they be able to get a job too? Although we have come a long way since the beginning of mental illness and disability, we still have a lot of stigma going around. And stigma is just what people perceive about mental illness and disability. And a lot of people like to discriminate people who are faced with a mental illness or a disability. And a lot of the times, mental health is um, associated with violence. And with the gun violence situation going around, People have been thinking that this is a direct correlation to mental illness and that people with a mental illness should not be trusted. They think that people who do have a mental illness are dangerous and scary and they still relate mental health to violence. And we as a community should make people aware that mental health does not mean violence all the time. Um, also... People with mental illnesses and disabilities don't have as much access to work, and someone with a disability or mental illness compared to someone who is not faced with one of these factors, they won't have as high of a chance of getting that job that they want. So after talking about these issues, it's important to think about how we as a community and country and even world can achieve social justice. So one thing we can do is let people know what it means to have a disability or a mental illness, giving them the education 
that they need to understand these things. We have to spread the word about these topics and make them more well-known among society. If people knew about mental health, I think that people would be more open about this issue, and it wouldn't be this big secret. People try to hide their mental illnesses, but if more people were knowledgeable about it, it wouldn't be this way. We also have to put the person behind the disability. Instead of saying a disabled person, you would want to say a person faced with a disability. You want to put that person behind the issue or the struggle they're faced with. People with mental illness and disability even face challenges at a government level. We can't change these laws, but we can start to make a difference now in our schools, communities, and workplace. We need to learn to start to include everybody because we're all the same. We're all people. This is the first step in getting rid of the social injustices that those with disabilities and mental health face. Now we've heard both sides about disability and mental illness. And we can't change the laws surrounding these topics, but we can change the social stigma. We can do this by inclusion in our schools, workplace, and day-to-day lives. The normal people like you and me and all they want to be is seen and to be heard. They deserve equal rights and equal opportunities to start this to break the stigma by including someone that's different today.